Hey everyone, welcome to Hello Church. I'm Justin Trapp. I'm Wade Bearden, and this is episode 66. 66, like all 66 books of the Bible. Like all, this we're, is meant to be. Today we're reviewing the Bible on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. Two thumbs way up. Yeah. <laughs> today on the episode, we're going to talk about how to write and outline a sermon. If you are looking to infuse your sermon writing process with some new ideas, become more effective, or maybe you're just trying to figure out how to write a sermon for the first time, we're here to help. Yeah, so here's some of the benefits. Like, why should you outline your sermon? One, it, it helps make writing your sermon easier mm-hmm. and, and faster. I mean, it, it's going to save you time, uh, especially as you be, if you use the same outline or the same structure every week, it beca- you just become more efficient at it. It also helps the people around you. So if you have a team that's trying to help you communicate from a visual perspective mm-hmm. or your media team, your sound uh, people, if you can share that outline with them, uh, of course, that helps their job uh, you know, it's easier on them, but also uh, they can be a little bit more organized and ahead of the game with you. One of the coolest things about Sermonary, and then this episode is brought to you by Sermonary.com. It's a sermon writing app, and it, it, essentially, uh, when you write your sermon in uh, Sermonary, you can click podium mode, and then you can share that link. So it's it's done in your browser. You can share that link with anybody on your team. And they can see your final notes. And and actually, it's updated in real time. So let's say you start preparing your outline on Monday. Just go ahead and share your Podium Mode link with your team. And yeah. then as the week goes on, they can see your progress. They can see the different slides. So like if your graphics person needs to prepare a PowerPoint uh, slides, they can do that as they see the content is ready. Yeah. So we're going to walk through how to write and also outline a message as we said this is brought to you by sermonary sermonary is a cloud-based sermon writing word processor try it out you can try a, a trial you can set yeah, up 30 a trial, days 30 a month, days four sermons it's it's pretty amazing or four sundays i guess <laughs> four, four weekends <laughs> it's pretty amazing definitely check it out sermonary.com so we've broken down sermon writing into seven steps and as we go through we'll kind of detail each of those steps and hopefully allow you to add your own wiggle room or your own style to each one of these steps the first one is really a preparation so big picture big picture you're not even actually writing during this time period uh you're just you're studying so strategy and study is first and i say this big picture i say big picture and i talk about this being you know from a um, 20 foot twenty thousand feet uh, perspective because today you really need to have a strategy on what you're going to preach mm-hmm. uh, whether you're preaching through a series uh, whether you're preaching through a book of the bible think through this passage and you want to get this passage on the calendar yep. before the week begins and what that's going to allow you to do is that's going to allow you to say, okay, I'm preaching through the book of Luke. I'm going to lay out my passages before you even get to your specific week to preach. You're already thinking about that passage. You already know what you're going to preach. 
And instead of on Monday saying, oh, I, I wonder what passage I'm going to be talking about, or let me read this passage for the first time in a while. You've already got ideas going. You already know what text you're going to be working through. So that's super important. Well, we've done a few few studies or a few surveys, right? And I have two, two stats for you that I think is important here. So uh, one is most pastors don't plan more than two weeks in advance. The mm. second stat is... 50% of pastors say writing a sermon is stressful. Now, I don't know if that's a causation, but it's definitely a correlation. Mm-hmm. And we've we've seen, we've heard from pastors that the ones that are planned out ahead of time, the ones that are more organized with the big picture, you're not even talking about writing your sermon. We're just talking about like knowing the direction, where you're going, the passages. And Ministry Pass does a great job, by the way, ministrypass.com, of giving you sort of research material that you can go, okay, we're going to do this four-week series. Here's mm-hmm. all the research material. This is my starting place. When I get to the week of the message, I'll begin to, to write it out, but I can at least look over it, let it marinate on my heart, my thoughts. I can add to it. Um, you know, you're gonna be you're gonna be better served if you're planning ahead of time than just waiting till the week of. So yeah, big picture. Step one: strategize, plan, and of course, you begin your study. Yeah, just take some time, uh, and this doesn't even have to be. Uh, a preparation for you to even write your message. Just take time yep. to study the passage and read commentaries yep. and write down observations that you've had. Write down observations that other commentators have had. Uh, quote the commentators. Create a document where, by the end of it, you feel like, man, I, I think I, I think I understand what this passage was originally saying in its proper context. And if you just take the first step and you you plan out what passages you're going to be preaching and you study the passage, you're going to feel like, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting close. I'm, I'm really doing well. And then you're going to move on to step number two, which is uh, basically you want to make this sermon sticky and you want to outline it. And what I mean by sticky, this is really a term that I think is popularized by Andy Stanley. Essentially, what he says is, how can you get the big idea of this text to stick with your people? And how can you formulate that big idea? So instead of saying, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about love, you say, well, what is this passage saying about love? And then you work through how this passage and what it says about love applies to the people in your congregation. And I really love the idea of a sticky statement, something that's memorable that you can say throughout your message. And when people walk away, they say, oh, I know what that sermon's about. It's about and then they say your sticky statement. So that's really important. And then during this day, what I also encourage pastors to do is I encourage pastors to create an end goal. So they say to themselves, okay, at the end of the message, what do I want my people to do? And for some messages, maybe it's just, I want them to shift their perspective for some, I just want them to be reminded of the gospel. For some, I want them to go home and X, Y, Z. I want them to forgive someone. I want them to ask for forgiveness. What do you want the people to do as a result of reading this passage and learning from this passage as you talk about it? Create that end goal. And then the big step is you start to outline the message. Yeah. And and I'll say this about step or part two, establish your end goal. A lot of, 
uh, I would say more ex- inexperienced speakers tend to deal with this. I dealt with this when I first started preaching. I just had a little trouble landing the plane, as mm. they say, right? Mm. And what really, really helped is is being very clear about what the end looked like of the message. Uh, and that really helped me be a lot more efficient because we've all sat in sermons, right? Or we've all had a pastor that we've... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, served under where it's like, uh, he's always closing, right? The, the, the closing is always like the longest part. It doesn't have to be. It actually can be the most powerful and efficient part. Um, so re- remember to define that uh, early on. And then, like you said, outline your sermon. And there's several different, like, structures that you can use. What I mean by structure is, it, we, you can say, when we say temple, I think sometimes it confuses people, Um Mm-hmm. Uh, like they think, oh, it's like a sermon template, and I just like fill in the blanks and, and I'm good. Uh, I don't know, actually, I don't like the way I phrase that. Back to what you were saying, part three is outline your sermon. And mm-hmm. I love utilizing an outline, a, a structure, or, or some people even call it a template. Um, so we have the three point traditional method, which you probably, if you're a pastor and you went to seminary, you learned for sure. Uh, the one that I use a lot is Andy Stanley's. It's the me, we, God, you, we. And how he runs by that is like, what is my personal experience with this mm-hmm. issue or this verse? Um, what have we experienced collectively as a society or as Christians? What does God, what does the Bible say about this? And then he sort of turns around on them. He's like, what, what, what are you going to do? Now that you've known this, now that we've all talked about like how this has impacted our life, this topic or this this sin, whatever it may be, what are you going to do about it? And then at the end, he says, you know, what it what it would look like if we all would apply God's word here. So, me, we, God, you, we, I love that one. Verse by verse, mm-hmm. running commentary. Yeah, as you work through the, the verse. We've also created one called uh, the Defender's Outline, where you take a truth from God's word, mm-hmm. and you talk about that truth uh, as if you are addressing someone who's skeptical yeah. of it. And I think that can be a great outline. We also have children's outlines, uh, youth pastor outlines. On seminary, uh, we actually can send individuals Timothy Keller's gospel-centered yeah. outline, or you could create your own template. And if you'd like to check out any of these templates, in the show notes, we actually have a free download where mm-hmm. we talk about each one and how you can work through each of those templates. For me, it, it usually depends on the passage, and I'll choose a template from there, but it's so good to have a structure to where I'm communicating God's word. Mm-hmm. I'm communicating this text in a way that people can understand, because if not, I feel like I'm kind of all over the place, and I don't do the text justice. So find a good outline for you yeah. or for the text you're preaching, and start to fill that out. Start to, to give yourself some some structure on top of that on top of that cement pad. One of my favorite things about seminaries, you can actually create your own structure if you want and save it as a template so that every time you write a new sermon, you begin with that oh, structure, yeah. that, that, mm-hmm. that template. So um, third step, so we've got seven steps in here. The third step is mm-hmm. to incorporate your style. We've talked about mentioned we have you know we have seminary I just mentioned, but we also have ministry pass, which is a sermon series library. We give you research materials, but that's just a starting place, right? Mm-hmm. We give you the passages and the talking points and the illustrations, but you've got to add your own flavor, your own voice, your own experience, layer that on top of that research material. And so you want to you begin by 
uh, grabbing their attention at the very beginning of your sermon. Think of something that's either going to create tension or it's going to be interesting or it's going to be, as mm-hmm. Joel Osteen likes to say, I'll always like to start with something funny. <laughs> you know, whatever the case may be, open strong. Yes. And I always tell people, uh, when you walk up to begin a sermon, for a second or two, you have everyone's attention. Yes. You you, you do. And if you're not careful, you'll lose it immediately when you come up and, and you say, hey, I got a couple of announcements for you. People are just, by the time you start your message, people are just, they're gone. So I actually have a funny story about this. I saw this uh-huh. in the flesh. Yeah. It was a youth camp speaker. And he, well, he, he was like a, like a rep actually for like, uh, like middle school and high school mission. So like it's mm-hmm. called youth alive and he's kind of a cheese ball guy. And it was so funny. We got to camp. The camp speaker was like Reggie dabs or something. So he's like dynamite every night. And then you get this guy out there and he, he just, he had him for the first two seconds. And then he lost, it was like, as soon as he had him, he lost him. He was like, Hey, uh, how's everyone doing and everyone's like yeah and he was like no more homework he said it just like that and he was just like like just right. like didn't have you anybody just, else the rest of the message you, you, you just you lose people and so i i say hey open up yeah. with your introduction this is where your style comes into it uh, whether it's something funny or interesting or fascinating and direct them to that topic and explain in that introduction. You don't have to say, here, here's why you should listen to this yeah. message. But by the end of it, they should say, oh, I need to listen to this message. Yeah. If I don't, it's actually going to hurt me in my spiritual walk because I need to hear what this passage has to say. Yeah, uh, uh, I think it was Andy Stanley. We've referenced Andy Stanley a lot this mess, uh, this podcast episode. But Andy Stanley said something that I've always remembered and stuck with me. He said, adults learn on an as-need-to-know basis. Interesting. So... At the beginning of your message, you need to sort of structure it in a way and communicate in a way where like you need to listen to what I'm about to say. And a lot of times that has to do with like building some tension, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or or setting up this preconceived notion that a lot of people have about God's word or about a passage and saying, actually, we're going to flip this on its head today. Well, everyone's like, okay, well, I've always believed that, but maybe I can learn something new. So again, create tension at, that generates interest at the beginning of your message. You're going to want to think through that. The The second part of incorporating your style is, uh, you know, illustrations, adding your own personal illustrations. You may have stories and you know, again, personal stories. Jesus told stories and I forget who said it, but like 34% or 35% of Jesus words in the, in the new Testament were spent telling stories. Mm. Stories are powerful. Stories help us understand concepts in much easier ways than than just speaking about principles a lot of times so Mm -hmm. use illustrations make sure you add those in those help add flavor to your message yeah and then by the end of this you should have your conclusion you know where you're going you know your end goal and you've you've outlined your passage you've you've talked about the bible you've included illustrations work on your conclusion and here's what happens i think a lot of pastors they work on their message in a linear way. So they yeah. start at the introduction and they go to the conclusion. A couple problems with that. First, don't ever start with your introduction. You've got to figure out where you're going before you can introduce mm-hmm. people to where you're going. Don't do that. Make sure that you start with the passage, outline the passage, and then you can eventually go back and do the introduction. And the other problem with working linear, if you're not careful, you'll do the conclusion last, and because you're running out of time, you just you don't land the plane. Yep. 
and this happens every single week, is a pastor has a, gr- a, a great message, points to God's word. Worked a lot on it. And, and then it just... Runs out it of just, time. It runs out of time, and by the end of it, you're like, they were just, they spent the last 10, 15 minutes just repeating everything else that they said when they really could have grabbed together. So conclusion is is so important. And then the fourth step, after you've kind of worked through this, for a lot of people, I think that's it. Like, they're done. They've, mm-hmm. they've written it. But you have to solidify your message. Analyze everything. Mm-hmm. Analyze the illustrations. Analyze what you're saying about the Bible. Trim your fat. It's easier to have a longer message than it is to have a shorter. Why? Because we can just talk and talk and talk. Yeah. Just because it's longer doesn't mean it's necessarily more effective. So trim down what you say to where you're succinct and where you, you're direct in how you talk about this passage. So really spend this time solidifying your message. People skip this all the time. They just they write it and then they get up on stage. You have to take time to prune it, to edit it, to work through it, and that's why it's so good to start this process earlier in the week so you have time to think through your message. Yeah, I, I always would rehearse my message as well. Uh, I'd heard a, a a public speaker. Now, again, he's he's preaching or speaking the same message over and over again, or, or a handful of messages, right? But he said that he would practice a message a hundred times before it ever, before he ever went public with it. Wow. Now he was a phenomenal speaker, right? I'm going, okay, he is a phenomenal speaker, and he says he practices it a hundred times. I know you don't have time to practice your sermon a hundred times in a week, Pastor. There's like not enough time Mm -mm. to do that. So he was more like an evangelist, so it was a little easier for him to do that. But the principle is there, right? The more that you can practice and rehearse it and sort of say it out loud, you can practice uh, your tone, the way that you deliver it. Maybe you add, you know, you, you pause here. Sometimes, you know, a good pause really, really helps. And you don't know that until you're actually sort of speaking that content out loud. Just make sure you analyze everything, time it. Maybe it's a little too short, maybe it's a little too long. Make some adjustments, make some tweaks. You've done most of the hard work already. So now yeah. it's time to, the old saying, I said it yesterday right at our team meeting you don't get what you expect, you get what you inspect. So make sure that you inspect what you've had, uh, you know, worked on so far. Yeah. So, Number four would be solidify, and like you said, number five would be rehearse, to say it, say it out loud. Yep. That's so important, and that's probably why for some of you who preach two services, you say, man, the second service always goes better because the first time you've ever worked through or rehearsed that message was on stage during first service. So let's let the first service that you preach that message actually be the second or third time you've preached it because you've rehearsed it. And you really have just worked through what you want God to say. And then uh, step number six is what we would say Sabbath. If you can plan yep. ahead, and this is so important, if you can plan ahead, you can take some time to just rest and pray. And what I like to do sometimes, if I can plan ahead, is I like to just open up my message and pray through my message. That's I've heard Mark Batterson talk about that. And it's super interesting where you start praying through, hey, God, whenever I talk about this from your word, I pray that these individuals would would hear it and I would be articulate in how I say it. Or God, whenever I tell this story, help people to understand my heart behind this story. Mm-hmm. Make sure you rest 
And um, it might be that you could pray through your message the morning of or before and maybe the Sabbath day. Your rest day is just, I don't even look at it at all. Whatever you do, just find an opportunity to take some rest. And then step number seven, Justin, would just be the day of. Yeah, speak the message. And I'll say this about, uh, you know, rest, right? Uh, a lot of you probably listening are bivocational pastors. Maybe you're the only pastor on staff at church, so you don't have a lot of time. So the idea of like resting a full day at the end of the week before you speak your message sounds ludicrous um, to your current schedule. I, and believe me, I know I talked to a pastor who owns an IT company. He's putting his girls through college, and he says he works, you know, 14-hour days every day, and then on Saturday, his wife gets him on his only day off. His wife gets up, she cooks some breakfast, he eats breakfast, and from that point on, he starts his sermon preparation for the Sunday message, and he studies all day, well into the night, sometimes early Sunday morning, and then he gets up and preaches. Mm. The idea that he has a Sabbath, right, is, wow. you know, uh, foreign to him. However, it goes back to the two stats that I mentioned earlier. If you can plan ahead... If you can be much more organized with your research material, you're not writing messages eight weeks out, but your research material. If you can utilize something like Ministry Pass, where you can sort of get a bigger picture of what's happening, you're going to feel more prepared even before you start writing your sermon, which is going to really help that process be a lot more efficient, which could then in turn produce some margin for you in your life. And again, 50% of pastors say writing a sermon is stressful. And I just, I just, I believe that that doesn't have to be the case all the time. You don't have to be stressed out trying to communicate God's word to people. I know it's a big burden. I know that communicating to the single mom uh, with young, young children to the old couple that have been at the church for 40 years, like that gap between their, their, uh, and everyone in between, right? Their their life experiences, their financial status, their social status, uh, their religious upbringings. You know, there's very diverse people in your congregation. We know it's a big burden, and it can be stressful with the the thought of like I've got to be able to communicate this passage in a way that reaches everybody. I get that, but the more that you can plan, the more that you can be prepared when you sit down to write that sermon, the better off you're going to be in this entire process. Which you said leads us to step seven, which is speak the message. Mm -hmm. You've arrived. Yeah. Now just land the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and Sermonary has a number of great features that yeah. will allow you to do this. One of our favorites is podium mode, and you can basically pull up your notes in a clean oh, it's, format. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. What we've it's studied beautiful. really kind of how our brain works and the way that we jump from section to section uh, when we're looking at pages and we're looking at words and we've tried to design sermonary to keep the flow going while you're preaching we also have a timer on that oh, that's like mode. the favorite feature of everyone right it's I, the timer I, I love it because i hit you know i know i gotta preach 35 minutes or whatever my allotted time is and i hit i hit play and when it's when it's going down i realize okay like uh, i i got it i gotta do this it helps me to know where i'm at so Podium Mode is a fantastic way to utilize that. I hope this has been helpful yeah. to you. If you are interested in Sermonary, just head to Sermonary.com. You can start a free trial. You can use it for, for a month. Use Sermonary for a month and just yeah. tell, us, tell us what you think about it. We would love to hear your thoughts. And make sure to comment on this YouTube video or even use the hashtag HelloChurchPod if you're listening 
to this through Spotify or through Apple Podcasts. And tell us what your sermon writing process is like. And also, I'd love to hear what your what outline you use. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. So make sure to let us know. It'd be very helpful, and I'm sure it'd help other people, too, who are listening and watching this podcast. Hey, thanks, everyone, for listening or watching. Hello, church. We are certainly grateful that you are here. We'll see you next time. See you.